Well, good morrow to thou all. And uh, I, I have apparently don't have enough uh, BCP knowledge to carry on a conversation much past that. But it's very good to be with you here today. Today, wherever it is for yourself, uh, you have stumbled across Calling from the Wilderness with myself, Timothy Miller. I almost didn't even say my own name right, which is just a difficult place to start. Uh, Timothy Miller here in uh, Highgate in England. I'm a parish priest in the Church of England and joined by my very good friend um, on the other side of the world, Derek Wilson. And he's at St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church in Duncan, BC, which is on the Vancouver Island. A few weeks back, for those who were listening and are still with us, uh, this week marks Derek's potentially uneventful journey. So this, uh, at the end of this episode, Derek is off to go get a bunch of things, including his testing done, and, uh, and with the hopes of, of taking flight and crossing the border into that southern country, which we're sure not, still not sure if God is in or not, but we keep praying for them. And, uh, and uh, so, yes, come back next week, if for nothing else, but to see if Derek really did make his trip and how things are south of the border. Derek, you got anything you'd like to add on that? No, but the way you're talking makes me feel like I'm, uh, you know, Frodo with the ring going to Mount <laughs> Doom. There's going to be perils. You don't know what yeah. you're going to go up against, <laughs> but hopefully it all works out. I got Gandalf, my flight uh, helper advisor going to help me out and there you go it. yeah i'm i think Stick i've got up. everything set up uh but as we all know with these crazy times that doesn't equate to a hill of beans sometimes so <laughs> i may get there and get turned around and then nothing ever happened or i get down there and i get stuck or i get down there and i come back and the right appointed time and everything worked out and it was a great trip and and that but Something's going to happen. Some, Love it. At one of those right, three is going to happen. At the right appointed time. At, at the very least, we'll pray for I'm the Eagles. I'm predestined to come back <laughs> at this time. And if it doesn't happen. Oh, gosh. Bible powers, powers and principalities. <laughs> yeah. At Mountain Doom, we'll pray for the Eagles. Um, <laughs> if, if you, so if you've survived... Michael has week. been battling the armies of Persia, and I am going down there. He's making a way for me. That's <laughs> might have just been a, somewhere, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it might have not been Persia itself. It might just been a Persian restaurant. We're not sure. Um, Persian donuts, like we like, you only get in Thunder Bay, Ontario. That's the only place they make them. Is these Persian, kind of like cinnamon. Okay. Roll buns, but like with yeah. strawberry cream on top, strawberry cherry kind of cream mm. icing. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And it's only made in Thunder Bay, Ontario. Ooh, there you go. Pilgrimage, pilgrimage to the Holy Land of Thunder <laughs> Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, that had nothing to do with anything that we're going to be talking about today. So welcome <laughs> once again to Calling from the Wilderness. And today um, we are on our 33rd session. Um, which, uh, yes, fe feels a strange one to come to. And uh, we're in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, 
Um, and so this week is the final few verses of chapter seven of, of Matthew. And, um, and so what we're going to do is going to be looking at verses 24 to 29 this week. And then next week, we're going to actually go through the entirety of the chapter together and pick up a few of the questions that we had um, that have kind of come up over the last couple of weeks. I've been trying to make notes and be a bit more kind of diligent and a bit more professional about um, our final week. But if you have any questions or any thoughts along the way, um, please do add them in, send a comment, send us a message, um, you know, carry your pigeon, we'll accept anything. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we want, as, as always, want this to be kind of part of a conversation. So Derek and I um, enjoy being able to converse with each other. And uh, this is kind of part of part of our own, I guess, kind of discipline of our friendship, and the time that we kind of seek to invest in, but we want it to be something bigger, and hopefully more impactful and helpful, um, not only for each other, but also for, for you who are joining us as well. So this whole thing has a, it's shaped around smaller passages of the Bible, the chance to kind of sit and, and ask the question, kind of what is God saying? Or what is what is God doing? What is the question for us? And does this have any relevance to our lives and to the world today? So, and Derek is saying, you know, prophetically, not at all. Not it was written all. over two thousand years ago. I doubt it. Okay. <laughs> Just well, here we go. That's I'm gonna, I'm gonna prove you wrong, Derek. I'm gonna prove you wrong. Anything else you want to add, Derek, before we jump in? No, let's uh, let's put a patter. Let's get at her. Excellent. All right. So today, as I say, this is Matthew 7, verses 24 to 29. Uh, I'm going to ask Derek to read first, then we're going to have a moment of silence afterwards. I'll read it a second time of another moment of silence, uh, then invite an opportunity to kind of feedback words or phrases that have been jumping out to us, give a, th uh, a thought or a question that we might have about this passage and something we want to talk about, set a timer for 20 minutes and uh, dive in. So, Derek, why don't you start us off? All right, reading from Matthew <clears throat> chapter 7, verses 24 to 29. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell 
and great was the fall of it. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowd was, were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. Well, Derek, here we are, the wise and foolish builders. What have you got? Wherever you are, there you are. <laughs> uh, okay. You a word or phrase from the passage that uh, jumped out to you when we were reading? Um, the not as their scribes kind of jumped out to me mm. um and the the difference between the rock and the sand mm. Mm. i think how about you yeah i think the the word that that kind of just hit me both times was authority mm. um he's teaching as one who had authority not as their scribes mm. so do you have any any thoughts or, or questions you want to you want to kind of throw into the pot before we start our timer? Um, no, because if I get going, I'm <laughs> not going to stop for the timer. Right. So all right, well, better just get at it. How about you? Um, yeah, I, I yeah, I want to I want to talk about the f the fact that this is framed around uh, hearing the words of Jesus and doing them um and and then that question of of like you know jesus is someone teaching with authority so all right i'm going to start the timer so where do you want to, where do you want to start derek so he's giving this in reference to his sermon on the mount correct the previous two chapters and all the things he said there. And from what I read out of the Sermon on the Mount, it's quite, what he's saying is quite different than the way we live our lives. Um, he's kind of preaching about a new way of living. Mm -hmm. Say, don't hate anyone or don't kill anyone. I say, don't hate. Don't, you know, be adultery. I say, don't lust. Don't, don't blah, blah, blah. Um, blessed are those who are poor in spirit and, you know, um, the Beatitudes and all these kind of counter ways that we would live. And I'm wondering if the rock is, if we live that way, like, like, let's say the waves and the, and the uh, winds crashing and all this kind of stuff come at us it's not that we it's not that we don't have that happening or that it's not happening to us but the rock in on his teaching is a way to handle those things that come at us so if you know terrible things happen name it and and if it's happened to you then look at what he's said and that helps you deal with whatever 
It is. It's not so much like like growing up, I was like building a house on the rock. Yeah, that's Jesus. So I'm going to build my house on on mm. Jesus. Yeah. But it's his teachings. It's what he's talked about right now. So what mm. is he saying when things go terrible? I'm not don't have any examples or whatever. But you know, or like you 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 lose someone. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Okay. Mm. Oh, financially, I'm not I'm not doing too well. Well, he talks about there and money or worry. I'm worried about all this kind of stuff. Well, do not worry because there's like all these things that come at you in life. He's saying, look at what I've just written. Follow these teachings because they're so different upside down from what you, the normal reactions are, that they will help you deal with whatever winds and rains and floods come at you. It's, it's open to you right here. And then if you don't, if you just do the opposite, like what mm. kind of society or whatever, or our human nature or whatever be says what to do, you know, put all your money in finances while the stock market crashes and everything, then, then you tumble. If you find your value in other people and what they think of you and all of a sudden that goes away, then, th- then you lose that and you fall apart because you don't have the teachings it's not just mm-hmm. jesus himself it's his teachings because mm-hmm. if we say build the rock on jesus that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people <laughs> <laughs> just go to any church and be a part of any meeting and you'll understand that jesus there's a lot of different things to a lot of different people yeah yeah i, th- I do think that distinction is really important because as you say you know kind of growing up building the house on the rock was building it on jesus but it it was a it was a it was building it on a right belief of jesus Mm. and 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 i think i think you know as you say what's interesting is actually the way that the the passage is is laid out as we have it sorry can i just say building it on the right belief in jesus as in i have the right belief you need to believe him the way that i believe him Yes, not yeah, that yeah, yeah. there yeah, is yeah. one specific way, and you guys have to do that. It's that my way is the best way, or their way is the best way. You have to believe Jesus the same way your group or individual does. Yes. Go ahead, though. Just want to clarify so people understand. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So the it, yeah, as you say, it's not just that that we're meant to believe on Jesus in the right way, but but the right way was what was what was determined to be right, correct, orthodox within that specific um, set of parameters of those communities. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, but as you say, like the interesting thing about the way this is actually written is it's about who hears Jesus words and does them. Mm. And that I think is, is such an interesting challenge of, because it also then hints at the, you know, the separate separating of the sheep and the goats, which is that the people who, in a sense, hear Jesus' words and do them also might not realize that's what they're doing. So the people who are building that house on the rock in the midst of storms and things like that are actually the ones who also may not even realize that's what they've done. They've just, you know, heard wisdom and lived, lived in a way that responded to that wisdom, which I think is a, is a you know, a difficult challenge especially if you take as you say if you take out that that sense of like jesus is the rock of right belief 
to Jesus is the teacher of a new way of living um, that kind of removes our ability to kind of hold, uh, I guess, Jesus hostage in some ways to be our, our, um, our, our power play, our dynamic, right? You know, like, let's go back to your Lord of the Rings thing, right? Like the, the ring of power is in itself not actually a ring of power for the one who wields it because it actually makes them, um, you know, subservient to the one to who the ring belongs. Yeah. But the, the power and the freedom come to all people when the ring is destroyed. Um, and, and it's that, and I think that sometimes we, <clears throat> you know, we see the rock as being, as you say, that kind of, you know, that right stable place so that when everybody else's houses is falling apart because they don't believe Jesus in the right way, then we can be like, oh, it's okay. Come to us. We've got all the answers. Um, yeah. But it actually might be our houses that are, that are actually falling apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And while you're talking there, it made me think of, you know, following Jesus's teachings. Mm-hmm. That's not limited to the Bible. Like if we are thinking that God is everywhere and speaking to people and if, like the Bible says, nature speaks of God's goodness and grace, then he could be speaking to people outside of our organization, uh, outside of our communities in a real way. Like if God is love and truth and peace, then people that are spreading love, truth, and peace that may not fit into our box are still following the teachings of Jesus, whether they're aware of it or not. Today's uh, or am I wrong? <laughs> today's theological bomb drop has been brought to you by Derek Wilson of St. Andrews. No, well, you're, I, no you're like, absolutely, right, you're like, absolutely right. Yeah. yeah, so let's talk about uh, C.S. Lewis, the final battle, where Aslan's battling this this other group and there's one um, soldier, and it's been years since I've read this long time, so forgive me if I'm wrong, but he, um, he was battling against Aslan, and Aslan wins, and um, he was like, oh, you know, all these terrible things are going to happen or whatever, and Aslan's like, you showed loyalty, you showed uh courage you showed any names all these things and he's like all these things are from me you just didn't do them on the right side but i will honor all these things that you've done come come with me so and i trust c.s lewis with my life so (laughs) if he says it (laughs) with my eternal salvation (laughs) but like it's yeah yeah so what are like like are we so focused on so like in in the church here, I'm I'm pushing quite a bit this thought of not doing something and inviting God to help us do whatever we want to do, mm-hmm. but see what God's doing even already in the community mm-hmm. and joining him with what he's already doing. If God is at work outside of the church, which I believe he is, then he's talking to people and sharing them and teaching people. They may not have a reference for what, what's what's happening, but if the spirit's moving, something's happening outside of the church. Are we missing it because we're too blinded to say, oh, it's it, it has to happen this way. It has to happen in the church. Or they're not using the right biblical language to, to 
express this. I mean, we just did that talk with uh, Abraham and I can't think of the, the high priest. Oh, Melchizedek. Melchizedek. Like that was outside of yeah. the, the chosen people. And yet God was still speaking and moving with him. And you see that in Bible Jesus, like the Samaritans and, and all this kind of stuff. Like the the good Samaritan, like that's he was doing the work of Jesus, like caring and loving people outside of the chosen people. In fact, the the Israelites would have thought that he was the enemy, like very, very terrible person. And yet mm-hmm. God's moving outside of the chosen people. He's moving outside of the church, and the church can either close up and say, hey, everyone, come here to get God, or we can say, God, where are you moving outside? We want to join with you. Yeah. I think uh, Larry Moore would say, like, revival isn't when everyone comes to the church, it's when the church goes to everyone. Mm. And mm. Makes sense to me. Mm. No, I think, I, think that's, I think that's really good. I think I think as you say that one of the sticking points for for the church has unfortunately been it, in what we've not perceived as the box we've put God in, which is you know we say God's love is unconditional, and that God is love, um, and then we're like oh maybe maybe we're just not extending that sense of God's love enough to recognize that it actually is unconditional. We put, we put conditions on God's love. Right. But actually that question of if, if God is love and if there is love in different parts of the world, then by, by virtue, that love must be a part, as you said, you know, with the example from CS Lewis, that love must then be a part of God or God must be a part of that love if it's if there's any truth in that love and and we do we do God and we do the ministry that we're called to and we do life in itself an injustice when we say that you know that unconditional open love of God can only happen within these specific um you know constructs and and framework and you know I I guess that's the thing. Like I, I remember really struggling um, to have to come to terms with the fact that there was people that there was abusive relationships in the church, um, because in my mind, abusive relationships couldn't take place in the church because it was within the church that relationships were loving, were unconditional, were open, were you know forgiving, were merciful, were compassionate. Um, and to realize actually that that you know just because we slapped Christian on it or put it in a specific um, construction or worldview didn't actually all of a sudden make it pure and good, which then means that the inverse must also be true that the places where they don't use that construct and, and that worldview and that space, but has some attention to things that are beauty, true, yeah, beautiful, true, you know, loving, light, hope, life, you know, whatever those, all the eternal characteristics of God we might might like to talk about, then God must somehow also also be in that and 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 be working in that and through that and calling people to something that is life giving. And I I think you're right. Is and I was really struck and, and challenged as you were saying 
you know, what Jesus is saying here is really the culmination of the Sermon on the Mount. He's asking us to look back on, on, those, on those words that he's spoken in the Sermon on the Mount, which when you actually read back to them, aren't, aren't very, um, they're, they're not the kind of statements of belief and faith that we make people sign up to, to then say, now you belong. They, they're, they are, as you say, an orientation of life, which commits ourselves to something and, and commits to, to a way of being with other people um, that, that doesn't fit very easily or very simply in boxes, in, in places, and, and actually doesn't give us a whole lot of power and position. Um, which is, I think, is something that we. I think it strips from. away our power and position. I think it it. Uh, I don't say we lose all control, but we we don't desire it. Like we we desire the benefit of our of our the other people around us o o mm -hmm. over ourselves, and even if things happen to us, then that's a way in which we can help others. Like it's always, it's, it's never just for us, right? And mm. and I believe that's what the church community is. Like it's never just for us, it's for us to share, it's for us to grow together. It's, yeah. So that, that makes me like, just talking about power then makes me think of this kind of the last uh, two verses. When Jesus finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. Okay, so scribes, um, I assume they're just the ones that have been copying down the, the, like a, the Bible like a, a, and, and letters and stuff. Like they're not actually ones that think or do, they're just copying, or am I wrong with that? Uh, no, you know, I think I think I think it would be I think it would be like you know teachers in the in the sense they, they wouldn't necessarily be like rabbis like or or um, or Pharisees they wouldn't be like religious power but I think they would still be I think they would still would have been seen as people who who had like authority or or kind of skill or position to teach. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm yeah, I'm reading into it a little bit. So that... maybe. Well, I'm just thinking scribes, like the, the <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the ones in the Bible, the or the ones uh, when Christianity became the powerful religion in the Roman Empire, and people were like, I'm leaving, I'm going to the hills, I'm just going to copy the Bible, and they just go the <laughs> hermit monks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is like it. it what's interesting, I think, is is that you know. Again, but Dean you know, Pinter, if you are watching this, <laughs> correct us. Correct <yeah>. us. <laughs> um, but it, it is like that that way that actually we, you know, when I when I heard these verses when I was younger, and when I was taught them when I was younger, was taught by people who were very um, convic convincing and convicted that we were talking about building your life on a right belief of Jesus. And by proclaiming that you were also holding the same authority to teach and bring people into truth that Jesus was. 
And now I'm reading that. I'm like, I, I don't, I feel like that kind of Jesus authority. And I think that word is probably pretty poor because right. I, I, I think it's, I guess maybe authority is that sense of like teaching and with a conviction that what you're, what you're talking about is right. Um, but it, but it's not, it's not a power dynamic of, 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 um, of like being convinced, convinced or, or having other people be convinced that you are, you are the absolute right, true, you know, or that this is the only way to, to be or believe in the world. Um, cause I think, you know, when you take that into the context of like the thing, especially the things that Jesus is saying about, you know, like, you know, being salt and light, caring for those who, you know, who are, who are not cared for, you know, recognizing those who are being blessed and set apart or those who don't fit the stereotypes for, for power and privilege and position. So authority then for me is that, that sense that like, actually, as you say, like, this is a conviction about how the world can be and how we can live in the world in a new way but isn't about people getting positions and power for themselves yeah because i would say like all the sermon on the mount is all figuring out what it means for you right like does jesus actually want us to cut out our eyes no okay then what is he talking about what does it mean to be salt and light or uh cities on a hill what does it mean when he says uh you know, don't hate. Um, what What does he mean by this? And that's why, like, there's no authority because there's conversation between people reading this, trying to figure out what, how to apply this to our lives. Like, it's okay. So, how does this work with you? How does it work with me? How does it work in our community together? Um, I don't think it really works if you have one guy going, hey, this is exactly how it looks like in our community. We need to do exactly this. It's okay. Let's, let's work on it. And that's why the body of Christ is so important. Like we talked a couple of weeks ago about our different journeys and how God has taught us different things and shown different parts of himself. So if we can get us all together and talk about it and be like, okay, how does this, how does this work? How does this how do we live this out? How do we be the the house built on the rock and not the sand? Mm. Mm. That's, our timer's going. That's okay. 20 minutes. Um, That's a good place. Yeah. Any, anything you want to sign off with before you, you travel into Mordor? <laughs> no. I, uh, I could really go for an elven cloak just to cover me in the airport or something if I need to, or yeah. some kind of weapon. Um, they don't let me yeah. take swords, but yeah, America, take, take your I think I can get one down there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll take uh, my Bible, the, the sword of God. Uh, if you're as concerned with Derek's safety as I am, you can send donations for Derek's weaponry. <laughs> yeah. My medical bills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will get beat me. up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, excellent. Well, thank you for, for joining us. And uh, next week, as I said, we'll be back with the whole of Chapter 7. So um, we'll be looking at this in the context of, of some of the other things that have come before and a bigger piece of that kind of Sermon on the Mount. And uh, I, I don't know what you think, Derek, but I, I'm certainly, I've been really surprised 
I think basically every time we've done this round of four, where when we get to the fourth week and look back at everything, how some of it does actually sound and feel different, seeing it taken apart and then put back together. Does that make yeah. sense? Um, so yeah. yeah, so invite you to join in with us on that as well. Absolutely. There you go. Well, before right. I end up in an awkward ramble like I did in the beginning, we're going <laughs> to sign out and say it's been lovely to lovely to see you, lovely to be with you, and we'll see you again next week. Blessings. Take Toodles. Care. Peace.